welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I am your host, Teresa Alexander Inman, board certified behavior analyst and infant toddler developmental specialist. So last time we spoke about uh, milestones for children birth to four months old. So today we're going to talk about um, the milestones for children at six months old. So the things that they're expected to do. Now, again, these are not hard and fast rules and guidelines and milestones. Think about them as, you know, yes, they're expected and every child is expected to go through these milestones. Um, Actually, 75% of children are expected to go through these milestones. Um, And the others will need a little extra help to do so. So now you want to do everything you can to get your child to meet these milestones. And again, some children meet them earlier and some meet them later. So don't be overly concerned. However, this is a guideline to help you determine where your child is and where you might have to implement some additional interventions. Now, interventions honestly really look like what you're doing on a regular basis, but increased. Do it more, do it bigger, you know, depending on the child. So these six-month-old milestones, uh, according to the CDC, they take turns making sounds. So you make a sound, your baby makes a sound, or usually like, or if your baby initiates that sound, even better, right? Because initiation is so important. Um, And that is per the Kegels in their book, um, the PRT Pocket Guide, where they talk about the importance of children initiating, because when they don't, it means we're the ones initiating and they end up becoming helpless because they're not used to doing things for themselves and um, initiating interactions. Rather like, oh, you've got to be hungry, so here's food instead of waiting for them to say, oh, I'm hungry, you know, I'd like something to eat. But I'm getting ahead of myself because we're talking about six month milestone. But I wanted to throw that in because I want, you know, if your child is older than that and not initiating, or again, even at six months old, they initiate. So you want to build on it. Okay. Anyway, so they take turns making sounds. So they said that, 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 you said, oh, baby, you know, you may repeat the sound that they make or respond to it. Right? as if they made a statement, as if they asked a question to make it more of a dynamic conversation with them. Okay? Blow raspberries. That actually helps build the oral motor muscles. So, um, you know, do it. Children love, well, the ones I've worked with are the ones who, um, you know, children in my family, they love raspberries, especially on their bellies. They just, I mean, it's just amazing. So it gives them also some proprioceptive feedback, right? So they make squealing noises. Okay, so these are the six-month-old milestones. Now, what we're going to do at um, six months is very similar to what we're going to do, what we did at four months, right? We're going to sing songs, right? Nursery rhymes are great. Uh, for children because they repeat and they have the songy, you know, they're sing songy and that really draws children's attention. So they are a wonderful thing um, because we learn by repetition. So the more we can repeat things for and, you know, with our children, for our children, the better it's going to be for them. 
announcement. Um, I always said repeat the sound so that way they hear the sounds that they're making. And every time I think of that one, I think of Dr. Temple Grandin, who um, was born with an, a diagnosis of autism. And well, she was diagnosed with autism when she was very young. And she said that when she talked, she thought when she made sounds, she thought she was talking, but then later she realized it sounded like gibberish. So, which is why I think it's the which I which is why I think it's so important to repeat the sounds that children make, echo it back to them, so then they can hear what they sound like. Okay. Label the noises you make. So if you sneeze, you cough, you know something, just label it. You're going to label your life actually, narrate your life for them, so that way they understand, you know, we're clapping, right? And they will imitate clapping. If they don't imitate clapping, take their hands and they'll clap, clap, clap. You're clapping. So that way they know they get, they also get that proprioceptive feedback that, and that muscle memory of, okay, this is clapping as you do it for them and with them. Now, once they've mastered it, once they start doing it on their own, stop doing it for them. Right? You only want to do it for them so they can get that feeling of clapping. Okay? Children at that age love to make noises. My babies loved it. I mean, I'd buy them all kinds of toys. And their favorite part thing was in the kitchen with pots and um, wooden spoons. You know, the pots were dropping, the wooden spoons were knocking, and they just had a good old time. Um, some children like sitting in the pots, you know whatever, whatever floats their boat, right? Because you want them to enjoy their world. And yes, okay, you're like, ew, sitting in a pot, listen, they're your babies. And if that's what it takes to engage them, then I'd say go ahead and do it. If, you don't, if you're not comfortable with the pot, get a box or something, or have an old pot that they sit in that you can spin them around in, and you can do up and down while they sit in the pot. You know, pick the pot up and go up, down and round and round. I, I like to give them all the, you know, the experiences of movement. So I may spin the pot round and round on the floor or myself stand and spin around. And, you know, again, all the while narrating my movement. Let them experience textures. So even uh, like materials, you know, children put everything in their mouth. So just make sure things are clean, mostly clean. <laughs> and um, allow them to experience it in their mouths. That might help. I'm just saying this because it just makes sense to me. It might help with oral sensitivities later, right? Because if they get used to putting different textures in their mouths, then they might be more uh, open to trying foods of different textures. That's just something that I think makes sense. I don't remember reading it anywhere, but I just think it makes sense. You know, you can have things that are, um, you know, silicone and, you know, just all different materials, things that are bumpy, things that are a little rough, things that are smooth. And of course, you're going to label those for them. And I'm going to keep saying that because, again, your life, narrate your life, narrate theirs so that they get, you know, at least receptively, right? They'll understand what those things are so that when they start talking, it'll be easy for them because they already know receptively, so they'll already know the concepts. They'll be familiar with the concepts. So um, what else can we say? Oh my gosh, peekaboo is so amazing, right? It also helps them with object permanence. 
And what that means is, if you have something, you cover it up. Some children, if they haven't, when children haven't gotten to that level where, you know, um, of object permanence, when you cover something, they think it's gone. So they may cry, they may react, you know, uncomfortably because like, oh my gosh, where'd it go, what happened? So you show them, so you cover, you know, you may play peekaboo, right? So cover your head, have them see you cover your head and then uncover. And you can be dramatic with it, right? You can sometimes do it slowly, sometimes fast and make different sounds as you cover and uncover. And you can even say, uncover or cover, you know, boo, just be dramatic and have fun with it because that is what it's all about. The more fun you have, the more engaging it's going to be for your child, the more they're going to learn and they'll associate learning with fun. Okay. Um, musical toys are really great too. So again, you know, they're noise making, but xylophones, actually they're kits that you can buy with xylophones, a little finger knocker things and maracas and um, it helps them engage in cause and effect play, right? So I shake the maracas and it makes sounds. You know, I hit the xylophone and I get all these different sounds. So like, oh wait, it, they feel like they have some sense of control over their environment because they're making these sounds. And again, just be very exaggerated in your movements and your voice and be excited and, you know, have some intonation when you speak to them, right? Your voice goes up and it goes down. You talk fast and you talk slow. But when you want to teach them something, speak slower, right? Because you want them to you learn to articulate because children are going to do what you do. You are their first teacher their first model and they will do what you do you've seen it right and i always say i don't know i might have used this analogy before but it's like telling a child you know you're holding a cigarette and you're puffing on it please don't smoke baby it's bad for your health what do you think they're going to do they're going to do what you do right we have something called um mirror neurons which really aid in that right people doing they're watching these things and then they're going to imitate the actions based on that amazing neuron that helps us to learn. But help them learn good habits and um, skills that will help them further on in life. Okay? Skills that they can build on, put that foundation in so that they, we can build on it later so that learning just gets easier and easier for them. Because what we want to do is teach children to learn. A supervisor of mine said that once and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so amazing, right? Instead of focusing on teaching children stuff, right? Um, teach them to learn, teach them to be um, inquisitive, right? Curious about things and they will want to learn more. Parent with confidence.